This is presented by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Welcome to our Bible class. Please have your New Testament open to the book of Philippians. This is from God, written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. These classes are offered online, the audio files through our website, lhmacallen.org. The video files are offered on the YouTube platform, our members, and sometimes if you guess, join us on the Zoom platform to discuss the class material. That's 7 o'clock on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Thank you for your participation. I'm going to begin by reading the first two verses in Philippians chapter 1. This is from the English Standard Version. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, who were at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. To those of you who have downloaded the worksheet, I want you to notice the sequence of study that I'm recommending. R stands for read the entire epistle. If you do this once or twice a week, not much time is required, and it will help you understand the parts when you are familiar with the whole. E stands for examine. Examine what you read, looking for the main idea. Don't get stuck in the details at first. Let the details inform your understanding of the main idea. A is for answer. Answer the questions on the worksheet. And D is for determine. This is a very important part. Determine what you need to do in response to this part of Scripture. Before we dive into these opening verses in Philippians chapter 1, let's take a few minutes to do some background work from Acts chapter 16. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, I'll start at verse 10 in just a moment. Paul had been working in Derby, Lystra, and the region of Galatia. And when the team came to Troas, a vision appeared to Paul by night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. I'm going to start reading now at verse 10 in Acts chapter 16. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. We sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia, from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. 
the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and all his family. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them. And he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. But when it was day, the magistrates sent the police, saying, Let those men go. And the jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you go. Therefore, come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us publicly, uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens, and have thrown us into prison. And do they now throw us out secretly? No. Let them come themselves and take us out. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard 
that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them, and they took them out and asked them to leave the city. So they went out of the prison and visited Lydia, and when they had seen the brothers, they encouraged them and departed. There is now, at this point, a local church in Philippi. Next, let me take us back to Paul's letter to the Philippians. Now that we have the background from Acts chapter 16, we're going to go back now and we're going to listen again to the first two verses of Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this study of Philippians talking to you about literary structure, outline, or format. All of that can be helpful in the study of Romans or Hebrews where arguments are made in a certain sequence. Philippians is more of a friendly letter than a discourse or a lengthy response to issues. If I'm writing to someone to prove a point, to answer false doctrine or engage in debate, there is likely a structure or format that I'll use suited to that situation. If, however, I'm simply writing a friendly letter of encouragement, there is not a formal or fixed structure that I may follow. So we're simply going to navigate the Philippian letter just as it is written here, without structural analysis, just a study of what Paul wrote to these people and the value of all this for us today. See, in other letters, there are matters of teaching urgently needed, like in Corinth, where the church was torn apart by various attitudes and immaturity and false teaching and pride. In Romans, Paul is arguing point by point the truth of justification by faith in Christ. In Galatians, Paul needs to affirm strongly there's only one gospel. In First and Second Thessalonians, there was confusion over the second coming of Christ. Paul had to deal with that. Philippians is more of a letter from a friend to his friends who have their friendship founded in their faith in Christ. It doesn't appear from this epistle that there were major problems in Philippi. This is mostly about encouragement, further instruction, joy, and hope in Christ. I want us to observe that Paul and Timothy are together. Paul is the apostle, so the sender, the writer of this letter, Timothy was with him, and it was a matter of courtesy or a gesture of kindness to mention people with you. Back then, when you would write a letter, especially if the people with you were known by the recipients of the letter. So these men were close, Paul and Timothy, and the people at Philippi knew Timothy. Timothy was a native of Lystra brought up by his mother and grandmother as a believer in God. During Barnabas and Paul's first visit to his hometown that we have record of in Acts 14, he was converted to the Lord 
and learned from Paul how to be a Christian and then how to be a preacher of the gospel. Well known to the Christians in Philippi, so Paul includes his name in the salutation, Paul and Timothy. And who are they? They are servants of Christ Jesus. Your translation may say bond servants. They were voluntary servants of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't have any involuntary slaves who serve him out of compulsion against their will. All who serve him have made the choice to come out of sin and be obedient to him who died for us. Paul esteemed it a high honor to be able to put his life under the ownership and the direction of Jesus Christ, and Timothy had made the same choice. They're together. Previously to their choice to be servants of Christ, they had been servants of sin, but in obeying the gospel, God freed them from that old way of life, based, of course, upon the death of Jesus Christ. So Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ, now recipients. The letter was written to all the saints in Christ Jesus in Philippi. In modern religious practice and vocabulary, the term saints is reserved for people who are esteemed, perhaps voted by others to be superior in their achievements or perhaps miraculous claims are made about their activity. That's not the biblical use of the term at all. In the Bible, those who are serving God are considered holy and saints. There is no competition with others to be elevated. There is no global influence demanded. There is no long wait after you die and then the title is conferred. That's not biblical. All Christians who are servants of Jesus Christ are saints, all of them. The ones who have just started the journey, the veterans of the faith, well-known or unknown, male or female, Jew or Gentile, if you've made the choice to be a servant of Christ and you are in pursuit of that way of life, you can be called a saint, set apart by God from sin, set apart to follow Christ and be different from the world. Paul never singles out any one person for sainthood. We are all saints. And this letter was addressed to the saints in Christ Jesus who were in Philippi. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Some translations have bishops and deacons. As soon as they're qualified men, according to the guidelines in 1 Timothy and Titus, Paul appointed elders and deacons, elders to take oversight, making certain the word of God is taught and followed, that those in the flock are being properly fed. Deacons serve in various ways in the local church. It is interesting here in Philippians chapter 1 to make this observation. These men are mentioned with the other saints. And then they're not mentioned again after this. That tells me these men were not separate from the group, off in a room somewhere, but a part of the group. They had specific functions, 
but they were not distant leaders or administrators. They are not mentioned after the salutation. I take from this, the church at Philippi had matured quickly. Men were appointed to serve in these ways, and that is commendable. Where there are men who meet the biblical qualifications, Christians who know them well should follow the teaching of Scripture and put them in those positions. Verse 2. Verse 2. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Over and over, these two simple words tell us who God is. Grace and peace. Grace is God's disposition toward men and women, though men and women are not deserving. We are sinners, we have sinned. Peace is like that. God embodies all the perfection of genuine peace, and it is his desire for us to live in peace with him through Jesus Christ. So Paul often associates these terms with God and wants people he is writing to to be recipients of grace and peace from God. In my wrap-up now, I have two questions. First, are we servants? When I read this in Philippians 1, Paul and Timothy are servants of Jesus Christ. It will be good for me to ask myself, can I write a letter to someone or speak to someone and introduce myself as a servant of Jesus Christ? Can you do that? Understood, I'm not an inspired apostle. You're not an inspired writer. None of us are inspired apostles, but can we be servants of Jesus Christ? We can if we've responded to the gospel. And if we're faithful Christians, we ought to be able to say, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. He is our master. It means we have pledged and given our lives to him. It means how we think, what we say, and how we react to people is based on our identity as servants of Christ. I'm saying when we encounter such descriptions in the New Testament, we need to make those moments of personal inquiry. I'll say again, when we encounter these descriptions in the New Testament, we need to make these moments of personal inquiry. And then, are we saints? Do you know there is a whole family of Bible terms? Sanctify, sanctification, separate, holy. And these words are used over and over to reveal that God has made it possible for us to belong to him and reflect in our lives his holiness. I'm going to be turning to 1 Peter chapter 1 to read verses 14 through 19. First Peter chapter 1 verses 14 through 19. As obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, 
you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially, according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. Obedient children. God's children are obedient. God's children are to be holy as God the Father is holy. So we are saints. Are we holy? Those are challenging thoughts for each of us to consume and live by based on our study of these opening verses in Philippians chapter 1. Thank you for being a part of this study. Let's be saints and servants all week, every day, and let's just commit to that the rest of our lives. Grace and peace to you.